when you have an active genocide campaign ongoing where the actual goal is you guys are doing something different. Let's erase that. Kids are not safe if they're not raised within our cultural group. And a lot of people don't really know this is going on or really don't know how aggressively this is going on. And even with us, sometimes I'm like, I might be overstating things. And then CPS comes to to, to talk to us. <laughs> yeah, talk about a wake-up call. They're like, oh, what I'm doing is good because the people I'm doing it to are culturally backwards and bad. And it's like, that's what the colonists thought. That's what every evil group in history has ever thought. You, you, the deplorables, when you categorize half your population that way, what is happening here is progressives feel they have the right and obviously have the ability to call the government saying they are not raising their kids in a style that I, Personally, as a, like, as a progressive approval. Yeah. Would you like to know more? So, Malcolm, we uh, just got back from a lovely vacation with our three kids. We had a billion amazing experiences with them. One of them, we were making a birthday cake, sort of on a belated celebration for our two-year-old. It was a dinosaur cake. And while we were making this cake, we received a very strange call. Do you want to tell very our friends call. about it? It was from... CPS, um, for people who aren't from the USS, Child Protective Services. This is a government service that takes kids away from people when they're like abusing kids or something like that. Now, our initial thought when this happened to us is this must be like the pronatalist version of swatting someone, right? Yes. You know, we assumed it was like a random hater who just wanted to fuck with us, right? And that could, they, that could have been what it was, but... Uh, if they did, they hired a, a private security person or, or a private detective to follow us because a lot of their complaints were actually true to the way we raise our kids, even in things that we don't air publicly. And so our fans may be like, no, you've aired enough of this publicly that I would have been able to guess all of this. Hmm. But our actual read is we are experiencing what many Americans experience today, uh, especially if they hang out with, with, you know, any sort of or adjacent to any sort of progressive circle that really has no understanding of what it's like to actually raise kids, where the rules for how you raise kids and how you should raise kids are being written by people who have no experience with child rearing and do not understand what's realistic and what's not. And so these rules don't over. correlate with like well-being, survival, health, like normal things. Like these are not, you know, we're not talking about rules like don't beat your children, okay? Yeah, so, okay, so let's talk about why CPS was called on us, why they were interested in talking to us. Mm -hmm. Reason number one, our kids were wearing used clothing. They were like, they are, they're wearing used, gross, tattered clothing. So they well, it, some of it didn't like fit perfectly. Or they, know, yeah, like, they, yeah, it wasn't that it was like gross or unwashed. It was that it was unfitting and used. Yeah, no, we, we, we wash our clothes in our house. That's one. They can only survive one wear before there's food all over it. So, and, and keep in mind, like a lot of the one, we do receive donated clothes and love it. And two, I do when I buy new new clothes. When I buy clothes for our kids, it is like used stuff on eBay, but it's used Ralph Lauren. Okay, no, but hold on, this is an accurate accusation. It right? is accurate. Yes, but it, it's an accusation that uh, you're defending yourself. I think every sane person who hears this is like, 
obviously kids grow fast. You give them new clothes. Why would It's really wasteful to clothes? get new clothes too. I mean, from an environmental standpoint, from a financial standpoint, you're like, you're kind of crazy if you're buying new clothes for your kids. But I guess people might think, I don't know, because we're like wealthy that we just buy new clothes for all of our kids. No, that's completely wasteful. It's antithetical to everything our ideology stands for. Yeah. Never waste anything. And you guys have seen videos of our kids. They don't look like, you know, but, but okay. So this was accusation number one. I was like, true, but also insane. So... Next point that they, they called us on. Our kids are very frequently sick. <sighs> no shit, Sherlock. They Do go to have, daycare. Like, you have to, I, I can understand somebody who had never interacted with kids, never had to send kids to a daycare or something like that. Because right now our kids are in daycare. Mm-hmm. Being like, oh, it's weird how often these kids are sick, right? But if you have kids, especially a number of kids in daycare, because if any of them get something, it goes around the house, right? If any, if any kid in daycare has something, all of them are licking everything, crawling on the ground. Everyone gets something. This is a normal part of having kids. Yeah, just to reiterate, we have we have three children in three different classrooms at a daycare. That means that if anyone gets something, hand, foot, and mouth disease, you know, the, 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 the stomach bug, like anything, a cold, everyone in our household is very likely to get it because that kid is very likely to bring it back. No, but this is a normal part of being a parent and not a sign of, uh, this is the sign of having a lot of toddlers, not of child abuse. But again, it shows that the people who are making these rules, even the people within CPS who are responding to this, apparently don't know like the realities of raising even a medium number of kids. Three is not like that large of a family right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, actually, like I could, I could see there being a higher correlation between never being sick and being in a genuinely abusive household because that is a household that's more likely to isolate children and not allow them to go to school or go out or yeah, anything they'd like actually that. Be so less sick. That's a good point. They would be less sick. Yeah. So, so the next the next one was that our kids sleep alone. Yeah. They sleep in a room alone. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, there are two cameras in the room. And there are cameras everything. in the room. Yeah. We live in a house from the 1700s, so we can hear everything they're saying in the room from our room. <laughs> not that I need to defend this, this is a normal thing that parents do after a certain age. Our youngest sleeps in Simone's room. Simone and I sleep in different rooms because, you know, that probably doesn't surprise everyone. I wake it's up at 2 a.m. every morning. Yeah. We sometimes indulge and sleep in the same bed, but I hate waking her up early. And then the kid wakes up and then it screws everything up. You know, it's it's not a good system when you always have a toddler around, which it looks like is going to continue. Because as I mentioned at the end of one of the videos, we just got our seven week. You're still pregnant, Mark, which is very fortunate. Yeah. But hopefully when this goes live, we'll recently got the eight week you're still pregnant mark, which will bring us in like 0.5% chance that it doesn't make it. <sighs> anyway, we'll pull out the statistics, but we're only mm-hmm. a 4% chance it doesn't make it now or something, which mm-hmm. is just such a relief. Anyway, so hopefully larger soon. But the point being is that this is a normal thing. And this person was like, apparently CBS had heard, sometimes the children start crying and the parents don't go down and comfort them. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's like a normal child rearing thing. I'll I'll be fair. You know, sleep training is controversial. But in Emily Oster's book on this phase of childhood, the sleep training phase, in her chapter on sleep training, her general conclusion was sleep training, that is to say, letting your kid cry it out for a little bit. Now, of course, the, the, the way that we do it and the way that it's advised is if you hear them cry for like longer than 10 minutes, you go, you comfort them, then you leave the room again. And that's what we do. But usually they don't cry for longer than 10 minutes. So anyway, that generally taking that approach and, and not letting them basically keep you up all night and keep themselves up all night leads to better sleep, more sleep for the children, which is crucial for development and also less stressed parents, meaning better parents. Well, they're trying to create a coddled generation. 
they have created a coddle generation. They're trying to make it even more infantile. You know, the nanny state needs little baby adults. It was well, funny. We, were we actually- had that. We were walking around Target this morning because Target walks are really fun. And the, just like there were four aisles for child and adult sippy cups. Like what adult is sippy cups. happening? Why are there so many sippy cups? People, Why? I know I'm imagining adults in like these, you know, adult diapers everywhere and little sippy cups. Oh, I, I can't handle anything. I need someone to come when I cry. How so many night. sippy cups? How many Which, sippy cups do people need? I mean, I understand why why these extremists are, are so sad about the way we're raising our kids because they probably do cry themselves to sleep every night, wake <laughs> up every night and fits of tears, fall asleep to the sounds of their own screams. That's that's the life, the nightmare they've created for themselves. Oh, God. So the, the final attack point, you might think it's, they let their kids interact with barnyard animals like chickens and dogs. No, it was actually that we have our kids play outside. Now, keep in mind, we have a kitchen. You guys have seen videos of the kitchen a lot. It's got views to our yard, but we let them play outside without us being there. And we lock the gates. It was with coded lock that said that the kids can't open. But yeah, we let our kids play outside without us also outside. But what are you trying to do to a generation? So the reason I bring all of this up is because I had read stories about CPS being called on families for letting their kid walk to school. Or one family mm-hmm. was they let their you know, 14-year-old watched their eight-year-old, you know, and the, the mm-hmm. CBS was called on them and they, they actually went to jail for a while, you know, so like actual bad things can come up to this, right? Yeah, so this call was legit scary, legit scary. Oh yeah, yeah, it was legit terrifying. And it, it is one of these things where you're like, oh my God, like this is not like a conservative fever dream of what's going on right now. Uh, this is real enough that it affected us And it doesn't appear to have been a SWAT thing. It appears to have been like a neighbor or something had actual concerns that our kids were outside playing without us there, you know, with a, with a dog, with a a perfect view from the kitchen. And anyone would have known this. And the thing about the kids sleeping alone at night, that also really freaks me out because that's like somebody was watching our house. So that really only could have been a neighbor, a stalker or a private investigator. It's, it's pretty creepy. And it's, I mean, I don't want to say that child protective services groups are at all like a threat. I mean, they, they can be a threat to parents. I think, so the problem is they're doing really important work and I'm like so in support of protecting children. And, and keep in mind, this woman didn't I just be like- I actually disagree. I think that they probably do more harm than good. So maybe, but let's, let's, maybe we can get into this. I mean, so what this woman also said was like, do you need assistance with clothing? Do you need assistance with diapers? And maybe, you know, if we were actually in a really dire situation and actually if our kids were in clothing that was really uncomfortable, that didn't fit them, you know, if we were actually resource scarce, that could have been a very welcome call. You know, they offered diapers and, and, you know, we through other businesses have worked with state agencies that are like their local child protective services. We know how much effort they put into you know, keeping kids safe and everything and, and how they go above and beyond. I think the larger issue is that the societal standards that are separating children from their parents are not that well correlated to child well-being, that, that parents are losing their kids, not because their kids are in any real danger, but because they are deviating from societal norms, which are frankly very unsustainable financially, mentally, logistically, et cetera, like super unsustainable for parents. Well, Just like we, a- we often use the term cultural genocide, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I use the analogy of the Canadian residential school system where 
kids were taken from Native American families and put into these boarding schools so that they could be taught the correct European culture. Mm. And people often are like, you are overreaching. What is happening here with Child Protective Services? It is the dominant cultural group saying you are not raising kids the way that we approve of kids being raised. Therefore, we are taking your kids from you, even though they'll be in a materially worse situation, like a mm-hmm. less resources, everything like that, yeah. they will be in the correct, the only ethical cultural group. And something I always point out here is, you know, if you if you look at the analogy of the Canadian residential school system, people are like, a lot of your views on the world sound sort of progressive right? You know, like pro-gay, whatever, right? So why are you you antagonistic to this happening? And this is a bit like some but some European person being like, what you all are doing with this residential school system is straight evil. It mm. is the purest form of evil. And somebody being like, but you're European, right? You're of this European cultural group. Why do you care that these people are having their culture systematically eradicated? They're obviously bad people because they're different from you. And that's just not the way we see the world. People who are different from us aren't automatically bad. And when you have an active genocide campaign ongoing where the actual goal is you guys are doing something different, let's erase that. Kids are not safe if they're not raised within our cultural group. And a lot of people don't really know this is going on or really don't know how aggressively this is going on. And even with us, sometimes I'm like, I might be overstating things. And then CPS comes to, to, to talk to us. <laughs> yeah, talk about a wake-up call. What was interesting, too, is we we were with friends when this happened, too. And after the call, they came in and saw that we were, like, looking really weird. And they're like, what happened? And we said, well, CPS was called on us. And they were like, oh, you know, <laughs> when I had a pet dog, like, the, the, the animal version of CPS was called on them. And I, I do feel like that's kind of indicative of a larger amount of social policing over people's behavior, which is really interesting. Social policing is the wrong word. Okay. What would you call it? Individuals feeling that they have the right to assert their culture on other individuals if they're within the progressive group. Okay. So cultural hegemony. Uh. I'd say genocide. Genocide is literally like the secret police. So sorry, this is what cultural genocide is. And it's important that you call out what it is so people recognize what's happening here, okay? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. is, it is a, a, a Catholic is not going to call the police on their neighbors saying they're not raising their kids Catholic enough. A, mm. a Hasidic Jew is not going to call the police on their neighbors saying they're not raising their kid Jewish enough. Yeah. What is happening here, whether it's dogs or kids, is progressives feel they have the right and obviously have the ability to call the government, so people who are part of this urban monoculture, this mm-hmm. dominant culture in our society now, mm-hmm. saying they are not raising their kids in a style that I, as a, like. as a progressive, approve of. Yeah. Because I promise you, these calls did not come from a conservative. <laughs> nobody who's actually raised kids and is part of like intergenerationally like viable culture is yeah. saying, their kids are getting sick a lot. Something must be wrong. You know, anyone that's, who's been around kids knows that that's really normal. Yeah. So what this is, is a person of this dominant cultural group that one, both feels they have the right to attempt to erase another cultural group and actually has the societal tools to the, the level that those two tools react to their pushing the button, hmm. get these people, Gestapo, come to their house, take their kids. And, and and this is actually happening to people. And this is the thing, you know, like well, we mentioned these people going to jail and I'll, I'll post studies here for like insane stuff, right? This is something that's actually happening in this country. And I think a lot of people are like, well, I as a progressive don't approve of these things and it's fine. 
the many Nazis did not approve of the Holocaust. It doesn't mean that it's not happening and that we as a country, whether it's progressives or conservatives, need to address that there is a faction within our country that believes they have a mandate for genocide, cultural genocide, and has the tools to enact it. Yeah, I, this is interesting. I'm even thinking about one progressive YouTuber whose channel I really like. She's called Fundy Fridays, and I, I really enjoy her content. But seeing how she reacts to, like, what she'll do is she'll do commentary on various conservative figures, like the girl-defined girls, and talk about, like, their lifestyle and how they're choosing to do things. And she does often comment on how they regard pets, like how they take care of pets, and how they take care of children. Like, she she will criticize, for example, a couple for fostering a baby and then like kind of framing it as though they expect to adopt the baby in, instead of let the, the baby go back to like their family or try to get the baby back to the family. Or the, at one point she criticized a family for um, shooting a dog that had been run over by a car to basically euthanize it on the spot because it was dying in an intense pain instead of attempting to move it and drive it to a an animal hospital and see if they could revive it, even though this dog was probably pretty What's far What's this YouTuber's name, by the way? Fundy Fridays. Fundy Fridays. Yeah, so, so, I mean, and then think about how sick what's going on here, right? Many cultural groups, I, 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 many same cultural groups would be like, if an animal's dying, put it down, right? If, if you're caring for a kid, it's normal to form an attachment to the kid and, and want to give that kid a good life. But she feels the right this is somebody who, who doesn't care for kids, who hasn't adopted kids. And that's one of the things, you know, when we're talking as She does have pets, to be fair. Well, and pets, she probably has pets. I don't know. Yeah, she does have pets. Yeah. But but when you're talking, you know, with antinatalists and they're like, you should be doing X or Y with your kids mm. if you if you have done this horrible thing of bringing them into the world. And you're like, you could adopt kids. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. What I mean is I want to better police the people who have kids. I don't want to take on any responsibility. I don't want to make any sacrifices. I don't actually believe anything I'm saying in a persistent format. I'm not about reducing suffering in like a a way that would cause me to have to- No, 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 hold on. You're strawmanning it. You're strawmanning it. What's really going on is they would never have those kids in the first place. And they strongly believe, you know, if you have kids, if you have pets- you need to, to, you know, raise them or have them oh, in this particular way. And I personally never will have the funds or the resources or the mental health level that will permit me to raise kids in the right way. And therefore I'm being responsible and not doing it. Whereas these monsters are not only having kids and raising them suboptimally, but having a lot of them. And that makes them monsters because they're, they're uh, creating. Uh, hold on. <laughs> a lot of cultural traditions would tell other cultural traditions. I disapprove of the way you're doing things. Yeah. It is not normal. Like you're acting like this is a normal thing to get the state involved or to- No, get getting the state involved is next level. And I just want to be clear, Funny Fridays is not- Look at how bad they're being. Let's culturally pressure them to engage with kids our way. Yeah. That is not like an okay, that is that is the, distil the distillation of human evil. That is what that leads to. And anyone who is incapable of seeing that is incapable of seeing why we're so fired up about all this. Yeah. Uh, and, and why, you know, you as somebody who, who I think genuinely, you know, you do want, you know, less human suffering. You, you do oh, yeah. want more equality. Oh, you yeah. still believe in the value system that the progressives claim to be fighting for. But the moment you're out of the cult, 
you see how much they are acting like the purest forms of human evil. Yeah, well, and I also see that the outcomes of progressive culture for youth and for pets, if we're being honest, mm-hmm. are not great. Uh, oh, talk pets, about the pets on the drugs. Yeah, so, you so pets, pets now are, are on record levels of antidepressants and attention meds. So like they are a lot of pets these days. And these are the pets that are getting like refrigerated meat for their dog food. Like this, you know, like I'm, I'm impressed by pet products. Like pets have it awesome, but they're, they're deeply unhappy. They are not, you know, they're not outside playing. They're not getting enough time. They don't have it awesome because here's what's happening. You know, you want to talk about talking about something. So we're going to talk broadly about the, the average progressive pet. This is somebody (laughs) in a city who has a pet who has no business being indoors nearly 24-7. Yeah. Um, they're likely overweight, so they're not actually walking the pets the way they should. They are, no, no, it's, it's true. That's why they're all on all these meds, you know? You contrast this with our dog, right? Goes out, plays in the in the field, plays with the chickens, plays with the kids. You know, this is what dogs were bred to enjoy. They're bred to enjoy working and being outside and engaging with a family, not an individual. Okay. And, and I'm not out there policing them. I would never even think to police them, but I am saying objectively, there's a reason all their pets have these mental health issues. Not all. Yeah. Well, and so, but just back to my point. Yeah. So pets are at record levels of apparent health issues and mental health issues. And also it looks like youth right now is at record levels of mental health issues. And so that also makes me question this, this, desired hegemony of culture is also kind of damaging. Like it's not, it's not performing well. Like it'd be one thing if I like genuinely believed that this was going to cause more human flourishing and less suffering, which is what I believed when I was growing up, that this kind of culture is just, it's going to create the Star Trek universe where, you know, people are going to far flung galaxies and yeah, and this is something we consistently see. So when we talk about different ways of culturally relating to same-sex individuals, you know, we talk about conservative cultures have a bunch of different ways of doing this. You can see our other videos about this. And progressive culture has this one way of doing it. And they justify that. They're like, yes, but our way is the way that we should treat, teach kids. It's the way we should teach everyone because it leads to lower suicide rates and lower depression rates. And then it's like, yeah, except progressives more broadly have higher suicide rates, depressed progressives have higher suicide rates, and progressives have higher suicide rates. And so, well, if that's true, then shouldn't we just raise everyone in a conservative culture? Because they have lower suicide rates and lower depression rates. And it's one of these, oh, no, 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 no. These statistics don't matter when they make other cultural groups look good. They only matter when they make our cultural group look good. They only matter when they justify our actions that if anyone else was doing them, we would call evil, you know? So, so I, I, I really hear what you're saying and it is horrifying for me how many individuals in our society today are, are able to justify an action by saying, oh, this lowers the amount of suffering the individual is going through. And yet you can just point out from simple statistics that since you started collecting data, conservatives have always been happier than progressives. And it's because these conservative traditions apparently work better. And, and we're not like super, like we have this weird tradition that's not being collected for in any of the data sources. So we're not really on one side or the other. We're sort of outside people being like, hey, maybe stop the genocide thing that you guys are doing. 
Oh, oh no, you think this is ethical. Hold on, this is getting scary. We, we are people, both of us, who, you know, when I was in high school, I protected, this is something I mentioned in other things. I regularly inserted myself into physical fights to protect gay kids. Simone grew up in San Francisco. Like she thought this was totally normal. We are what progressives would think of as, as you know, progressives from a generation ago, right? But looking at society, looking at the direction of gone, it's, it's now clear who's punching down, you know? It's now clear who has no power in our society. It's now clear who is doing like literally the, the most unthinkable things a human being can do. Yeah, it's, it's not great. It's not great. It's scary. It's, I guess it's like very hard to believe that these things are happening and then they happen to you. And I, my, my guess is that, again, this came from someone who was genuinely well-intentioned and who genuinely thought that our children were at risk, but really it's, it's very much like the DSM, right? Where mental, mental health disorders are more a reflection of where society is and not so much a reflection of whether someone's thriving or not. And I think maybe this means that, for example, many CPS calls and like pet safety calls, whatever that department is, are really more about societal norms than they are about actual human or pet safety and flourishing. So yeah, it's, it's quickly, she dropped something like everyone should know what we're talking about because we've mentioned it in past episodes. The DSM is the standard diagnostic manual. It's used for diagnosing psychiatric conditions and psychological conditions. It used to mention things like in the 70s, like same-sex attraction was considered a psychological issue. And, and it now no longer says that. If you look at what they're looking at changing today, they're looking at taking out things like sadism, masochism, stuff like that. Because they're like, okay, this is like a mainstream sexual thing now. So yeah, it happens. These these things change. Just important to point that out. And I, and I think you're right. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the same with child rearing. However, I think it's more than that. I think when people are talking about child rearing, they're not talking about like acceptable behavioral states. They're talking about imposing culture on other people. And I think that, that it's, it's so easy to understate how insidious it is whenever somebody says that they have the right to raise somebody else's kids or the state has the right to raise somebody else's kids. And they just don't use those words. They don't use the words, the state should take your kids from you and be raising them because I disagree with your cultural practices. Yeah. But that's what they mean. That's what they're saying. That's functionally what's happening. And, and again, this is one of those things where like I've talked, you know, in other episodes, I think it's one of those things where you need to sort of shake people and wake them out of it because they don't have the words for what they're doing. They don't have, they, they, they're like, oh, what I'm doing is good because the people I'm doing it to are culturally backwards and bad. And it's like, that's what the colonists thought. That's what every evil group in history has ever thought you you the deplorables when you categorize half your population that way you you are and they're like well i don't think half of them yeah but your leaders think half of them are deplorable your your leaders do and when you allow this to happen it doesn't matter if you disagree with the evil thing your leaders are doing if they are able to get into power if you do not get out there and start protesting your own organizations and your own centers of hate this continues and spirals out of control and in history it has only ever led to one place the problem this time is it's probably going to lead in a very different place because the group that is most persecuted right now which is the conservative group in our society they have way more kids they're not conservatives more broadly i'm talking about the various conservative cultural groups they're able to motivate reproduction they have more kids they're better armed and they have about had it 
And it, it scares me where things are going. Because when you go to a family and you say, I'm going to take your kids, that's one of the few, okay, hands down. Now, now those are fight words. That's one of the few things where something can really get sparked. And that's where things are going increasingly and increasingly in our society. And, and as the people who are still having kids make up a bigger faction and faction of society, which they will 50, hundred years from now. And as the group that primarily sustains itself because they don't have kids by taking other people's kids needs to become more aggressive to continue that because other groups, you know, develop immunities for this, the iterations of their cultural traditions that weren't good at defending against this end up dying out. Things eventually come to a head and I'm worried. I'm worried. Yeah. I mean, here's the bright side. It, it probably is going to be the case that child protective services gets called on us several times and it's better for us to get to know them now rather than later, because then at least they'll understand that people are just going to call, call them on us a lot. And I don't want them to waste their resources. I think they're doing, you know, really helpful work. I mean, I, I really worry about kids who don't have enough food, don't have enough clothing, don't have diapers. That is a real problem. They're doing really good work. So Better that they know us now and understand that we're okay and we don't need help. And that our children are not are not wearing rags. They're wearing Ralph Lauren. It's just But they're Ralph used Lauren. Ralph Lauren. The, the, the horror, Simone. The horror. That's the definition of stealth wealth. That is money. the definition of abuse. Yeah, apparently. put your kids in a used Ralph. You know, another child wore that and probably got their boogers on it. Disgusting, right? Yeah. No wonder our children are, are so sick. Uh, it is the oh, used yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what could it possibly be other than that? They're, they're used clothing and they're, they're outdoor air. <laughs> yeah, the fresh air is really Why, why don't we have a, a handler for every kid we have yes, constantly yes. looking over them? Boy. Yeah. Well, what I am really grateful for is what a great dad you are. Our kids mm -hmm. adore you and love you and admire you and copy you. And I'm so glad for that. It's I love having pocket Malcolms all over the house. So thanks for being such a great dad. Even if some people think that you are a true monster as a parent and that I am the definition of evil as a mother. Or a spectacularly diligent mom. And everyone can see this from the videos you take. And oh. I am just in and edit. I, I love these ones that we do after these videos. And, <laughs> you know, when we're only talking about PC stuff, well, not PC, but, but just non, you know, I don't like attaching my kids to anything that's salacious. And so they'll, they'll probably be after this one. And I'm excited for you guys to get another peek into the spectacular fantasy that Simone has crafted for my daily existence. <laughs> and... That's all you, Malcolm. But I love you. I had fun with this. <laughs>